The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. From time to time, we like to focus attention on some of those great Christian social reformers who have shaped our modern world. Well, one of those you might not be so familiar with is the subject of a new book, Lord Shaftesbury. He was one of Victorian Britain's preeminent social reformers in the 19th century. His work had a lasting impact, surpassing all of his parliamentary contemporaries, especially in the area of factory reform. And I imagine that in response to many of the excesses in the Industrial Revolution. Well, David First Roberts is Research Fellow at the Menzies Research Centre. He holds a PhD in History from the University of New South Wales. There's also the editor of Menzies, The Forgotten Speeches, and a book we were talking about not that long ago, Howard, The Art of Persuasion, Selected Speeches, 1995 to 2016. Well, David First Roberts, back with us today. David, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back with you, Neil. David, it's a long title on your book, and it's called The Making of a Tory Evangelical, Lord Shaftesbury and the Evolving Character of Victorian Evangelicalism. Probably a mouthful for some, but what we're talking about here is a great social reformer who did amazing things, and he was certainly a man of great character and great strengths. Yes. As you said in your great introduction, one of Britain's leading social reformers of the 19th century, famous most of all for the Factory Acts, which progressively phased out child labour and also um, improved working conditions for factory workers and uh, coal miners and even uh, agricultural labourers as well, particularly for women and children. So if we've got a bit of context here. You had the wonderful great reformer William Wilberforce in the late 18th century and we know that his claim to fame of course is that he led the charge of getting rid of what was a very widespread industry of slavery. But you've got Shaftesbury who wasn't born until the early 19th century and he takes on this new level of reform. That's right. Like Wilberforce, he's very much um, impelled by the same um, Anglican evangelicalism and he understands the uh, importance of applying that faith to um, his politics. And so in the tradition of Wilberforce, he brings his uh, Christian ethics to bear on his social reform efforts and uh, continues in that tradition but focuses more on um, domestic um, problems in England in the Victorian era and the 
most significant one, of course, is um, the condition of factory workers and um, coal miners and agricultural labourers and uh, the exploitation that uh, is going on in the wake of the Industrial Revolution where employees are exploited by um, ruthless and uh, unscrupulous uh, employers that uh, run these factories and mines. David, what you seek to do is rather than just tell an historic story about a great individual, you look to evaluate their religious and their philosophical ideas. And those are the things that bring the lessons of the past into the present. As you pick up on some of those sorts of religious foundations, those philosophical ideas that Lord Shaftesbury carried, a lot of those still are current and relevant for us the way we live our lives today. Yes, indeed. Well, Taking first the religious ideas, he was, of course, um, inspired by um, Anglican uh, evangelicalism. And uh, this uh, informed his um, spiritual worldview. And he brought this to bear in his understanding of society and his understanding of the individual as somebody created in the image of a loving God and also in his emphasis on the uh, importance of the family as the foundation of society and um, his belief that society was uh, comprised of precious individuals but also of uh, communities that were bound together by mutual obligation. There was a social order as well that he believed in and this um, he imbibed from his Tory uh, political views that um, society was comprised of social classes, but he believed that these social classes um, related to each other in a spirit of deference and also mutual understanding. And he believed that the um, aristocratic class um, had an obligation to... uh, not oppress the poor, but to care for those that were less fortunate. And he believed in turn that um, the working classes would find contentment and would be less inclined to resort to socialism or um, any other radical ideology. So he envisioned a um, harmonious society that was not riven by class hatred or division You raise such an important point when you describe that he was born into an aristocratic family and that wouldn't naturally carry with it the idea of being a champion of the poor. So when you tie those two together... Uh, What role do you think that evangelical Christian faith played? Because as most people will see, uh, you know, the aristocracy didn't necessarily mix so well with the poor, but that's where his passion was. Well, that's right. Not all the members of the aristocracy were necessarily um, sincere born-again Christians. Um, A minority of them were... um, evangelical, but the majority of them were sort of nominally um, Church of England. But in Shaftesbury's case, he had that living evangelical faith. And uh, 
it impressed upon him, I believe, the view that um, he was um, endowed and blessed by God with wealth and with privilege and with social status, and he had a responsibility to use this, not to oppress the poor, but to serve the poor and to advance their welfare and to um, improve their living conditions and to um, ensure that they could live in dignity and comfort as befit their status as people created in the image of God. There's a number of positions you might think that the wealthy can take. Uh, One of those would be to simply live in the lap of luxury. You might even imagine that indifference to things that are amiss could come across the mind of someone who is born into uh, wealth, into the aristocracy. Or you've got this whole impression that I get from what you're describing of this man is that he was driven to use his position to help those who were less fortunate. And he had a long-term vision. It wasn't something he would see as turning around immediately, but he had a plan and he worked it. There was a certain sense of perseverance, knowing that what he'd put his hand to would soon come and bear fruit. How do you describe the way that he actually lived his life over a lifetime? And he lived a long life. How do you describe that process of his life and of having a goal and seeing it fulfilled? Yes, indeed. Like William Wilberforce, he was a great uh, perseverer and he believed that um, if he was committed to an objective, be that factory reform or the humane um, treatment of lunacy patients or putting an end to um, sexual servitude, or the um, exploitation of children, Um, he believed that these uh, goals were worth seeing through over the long term. He was committed to playing the long game as uh, these changes take a long time often to take effect. Um, They take a long time to pass through Parliament. But uh, he was determined to uh, stay the course Um, even in spite of uh, strong opposition from vested interests in the factories and the mines, um, he was prepared to take a stand for what he believed was right. And so he persevered with his causes. Um, As you point out, he had a very long parliamentary career. Uh, He entered Parliament uh, in 1826 uh, at the age of only 25, uh, he entered the House of Commons um, for a constituency that was based uh, near Oxford in South England. And he served in the House of Commons until 1851 when he succeeded his father as the uh, 7th Earl of Shaftesbury. But from 1851 to 1885, he served uh, in the House of Lords, the equivalent of our Senate, for uh, a good uh, 34 years. Um, until his death, really, in 1885. He certainly had a huge influence, and as you argue in your book, has been one of those who has shaped 
uh, even the way things happen today, if there was some piece of wisdom that you glean from his life that makes a difference to readers today, uh, what would be that piece of wisdom that you would glean from the life of Lord Shaftesbury? Well, I think, um, first of all, he lived a life of personal integrity. He stood for what he believed and um, what he believed in private, he put into practice um, as a public representative. There was no, none of this division between his own personal views and uh, what was good for the country because he believed that his own views would ordinarily advance the welfare of the people. So um, you had no um, sort of division between Shaftesbury, the private man, and Shaftesbury, the public statesman, because um, he was one of the same thing. And uh, I think that politicians today from all sides can learn from that in the importance of personal integrity and also the consistency of one's convictions and being prepared to stand by them even when the electoral cost can be great. Well, I'll point listeners to how they can get a hold of your latest book. The book is called The Making of a Tory Evangelical, Lord Shaftesbury and the Evolving Character of Victorian Evangelicalism. Now, there's ways you can get a hold of the book online. Simply go to Amazon or Book Depository or Abbey Books and you'll be able to find that book, The Making of a Tory Evangelical. The author is David First Roberts. David is Research Fellow at the Menzies Research Centre. He's written a number of other books too. But uh, David, thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Great to chat with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.